The question that we're going to start off with tonight is what are the first five words in the Bible? Does anybody know the first five words in the Bible? I saw Shadow's hand up first. She can't count. In the beginning, God created, right? They're also on the screen. I titled the message tonight the same thing. In the beginning, God created. Those are the first five words in the Bible. And the first 27 verses of the Bible, Genesis 1-1 through 127, is all about God's creating and how he created the world. Now, I'm not going to read all 27 verses, okay? That would take quite a while that we just don't have. But, but just trust me when I say that it's 27 verses of, of specific creation language. Now, now, God uses seven different words to describe how he creates, okay? In this 27 verses, he uses seven different words, okay? Anybody want to guess at what one of them is? What's one of the words God uses to talk about how he created? I'll give you the first one. The first one is created, Genesis 1-1. God created the heavens and the earth, okay? That's the first one. It says he created, and he uses that five times. The Bible uses the word created five times in the first 27 verses. So created is the first one. What is another thing God did when he was creating the earth? Anybody know? What? Made? Made is one, yeah, verse 7, which I... Yeah, God made the vault, okay, starting in verse 7, it says that, and he, he uses that verb uh, four times. Yeah, made is in there. Anybody got another one? Want to guess? No? We'll go to verse 3. It says God said, right? He spoke a lot. He said God said, let there be light, and God said this, and he actually uses the word said nine times in 27 verses, okay? The word said comes in there nine times. It also says God separated the light from the darkness in verse 4. We get that one a couple times. We get God called the light day, and he called the darkness night, and the word called shows up five times. We already saw made. The land produced vegetation in verse 12. God set them in the vault of the sky, talking about the stars in verse 17. So God uses all these different words. He could have just said, God made, or God created, right? It would have been easy for the Bible to just say, God created the lights, and then he created the sun and the moon, and then he created the land and the sea, and he created the birds and the fish. But it doesn't use that. It uses different words. It says created and produced and separated, and God uses all this different language. It's much more interesting than just using the same word over and over and over, right? That's lame. Right? That's no, yeah, that would be boring if it was just like, yeah, he, he, he created this, and then he created that. That's boring. But God came up with a bunch of different words to use. He used, in the Bible, there's a bunch of different words, which tells me that God was creative in his creation. Okay? He was creative in how he created. That's kind of a mind twister there. I get that. So God is creative in his creation. God cared enough about you, and he cared enough about me to spend time and effort creating our environment and us, and we know that he spent effort because what did he do on the seventh day? He rested, right? Yeah, he spent six days creating, and on the seventh day he rested. So if he rested, that assumes that he put effort in, right? That, you know, because like me, I'm still kind of out of breath from praise and worship, and I'm going to go home and rest tonight because, you know, when you put work in or when you do something that requires effort, you rest. So God used effort to create, and he put effort into us because he cares about us, and he wanted to do that. You know how, like, if somebody asks you to do something, 
and it's not somebody you really like care about what they think about you or you don't care if they like you and you just kind of do it halfway like you know like if you you know if somebody's like hey can you can you uh you know can you pick can you pick that up for me and that sounds simple and you're like you don't want to and you're like you pick it up and you're like all right here but if somebody you care about, you pick it up and you take it over to them, right? And that's a really simple illustration. But it's that. But that's just it. When you put more effort, that implies that you care more about it, right? Something you don't care about, you don't put much effort for it. You know, I think about the sports that some of you guys play. And if you really, really like that sport, you practice hard and you train a lot. But if, like, your parents are making you play and you really don't want to play and you're just not, like, lounging around the track, that's me in all the sports. But, you know, like... When you, when you care about something, you put more effort into it. And so God came up with all these different verbs and used all these different ways to create, which tells us that he cares about us. And so he was creative in his creation. Now, God spent six days creating. He spent six days creating. Now, verse 27 of Genesis 1, this is the last verse of the section we're talking about, says, So God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, we already talked about God was creative, right? God is creative. He used all these different words, made all this different stuff. Now, if God is creative and he made us to be like him, what does that make us? No, we're not, we're not God. Huh? Creative, yeah. God's creative. He made us like him. That means we are created to be creative as well. We, you were created to create. Did you know that? Yeah, you were created to create. Now, now I, I want to read this thing for you, okay? I'm going to read it because I can't say it as well as this, this person wrote it. In Exodus 31, we find the first mention in the Bible of someone filled with the Holy Spirit. This person was not a king, nor was he a priest or prophet. He was an artist. I've chosen Bezalel, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, and with knowledge, and all kinds of skills to make artistic designs and to help and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I've appointed Aholiab to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. God sovereignly chose to fill Bezalel with his spirit and provide the necessary support from others for a distinct reason, to build his dwelling place. Many years have passed since Bezalel and Aholiab were empowered for their assignment, yet God continues to fill artists today with his Holy Spirit for a specific purpose. He will build his church, and Jesus will be made known. You are both Bezalel and Aholiab. You have been given talents and abilities from God to be used for his fame, and you have been appointed to encourage others to grow in their gifts as well. So if, if God is creative and he made us like him, therefore we were created to create, the question then becomes, what can you create? And that's a, like, I want to hear, I actually want to hear answers. What? So many things. Name one. Music, right? Some people are get, built with the, the gift of songwriting, you know? I'm actually not. I've never written a whole song. I've written little pieces of songs, um, but I've never written a whole song. But, yeah, what else can we create? Stories and essays, yeah. Oh, did she, she took what you were about to say, didn't she? Huh? A book, okay, yeah, literature. Books and literature, yeah, poetry. What else can we create? Music and poetry and literature and... Yes. Art, yeah, you know, people. Now, but what about people who don't have any of those gifts? Like, personally, I cannot draw. I can barely draw stick figures. Like, it's bad. Um, I don't write music, really. I can play music, but I can't really write music, singing, yeah, part of music. You know, um, say what? Create noise, yeah. You know, but if we're not artistically gifted in the way that we think of art, you know, in, in the way we think of art, what else can we create? You say, say I don't know what I can create. 
Let me throw this at you. You have the opportunity to create memories, right? You can create memories, right? That doesn't require the ability to draw or to sing or nothing like that. You can, some of you guys have memories, you know. I mean, I can think back to certain, certain events in my life that, you know, I, you know I, me and Brad, if I see my buddy Brad, in fact, just the other day, in fact, yeah, it was a Sunday, I think it was, like five years ago, me and Brad were playing, we were playing Cranium with a bunch of friends. And, and he had this thing that was kind of a charades, and, and he, made, he just did this really funny thing that was stupid, and it was funny because he had to describe the word cocktail dress. And, so the other, and for some reason, this is always stuck in our minds, and so the other day, I just texted him, cocktail dress. That was it. I didn't say anything else. I just said, cocktail dress. And he responded, penguin, because that was another part of the same game that we all remembered. And see, that's a memory that we created f- some five years ago that that one thing, that one thing is still a memory. Say what? The bunny hop from the game the other night? Yeah, the other night, right? I had to do, I forget what I was trying to describe, but I was hopping around the room upstairs, and it was Tigger. That's right. I had to describe Tigger in a charade style, and so I was hopping around the room upstairs, and it was ridiculous. And, you know, and so we have these memories that we have created, and, and if you're intentional, you can create memories, okay? You can create moments right, of, of value, you can create moments of importance in people's lives by saying something or by doing something. You know, you can create hope in people. When, when somebody is hopeless, you have the opportunity to create hope with your words and with your actions. You can create value. You have the opportunity to, to give somebody value that thinks they don't have any value. Right, you see people sitting off to the side sometimes at school, you know, the people, person who sits alone and and they're kind of, and, you know, and, and you can tell that, that they don't, they have low self-esteem. And you have the opportunity to go up and create self-esteem in them just by saying something nice to them, by encouraging them. Jesus was really good at this. Jesus was all about creating moments and value in uh, Luke 8. And I don't have it on the screen or anything like that. But in Luke 8, there's a story where Jesus and disciples are in a really big crowd. There's like a whole bunch of them, like thousands of people are in this crowd. And he's on his way to do something. He's, he's actually on his way to perform a miracle, okay? And there's this big crowd. And this woman who's been sick for years, I think it's like 12 years she's been sick. And she's tried everything. She's blown all her money on doctors. Yeah, she had the issue of blood. She's blown all her money on doctors. She's broke and she's hopeless except for Jesus. And so she, she pushes her way through the crowd, and what does she do? She, she touches his hem, the very bottom of his robe, it says she touches, and, and she gets healed because her faith is so strong, and so the power of Jesus flows out of him, and in that woman, she's healed. Now, again, there's a big crowd around him, right? Jesus could have just been like, whatever, somebody got healed. Good for them, and kept moving, because in fact, he was on his way to heal another dying girl, and so, but Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't, he stopped, and, and he stopped and he said, he said, who touched me? And his disciples are like, Jesus, what the heck? There's like a thousand people right here all crushed in on you. Everybody's touching you. And he's like, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me in my power, you know, in my power. So, so he finds this woman. And instead of just letting it go, and it still would have been a crazy, it still would have been a moment she never forgot because she got healed of this thing. She's been sick for 12 years. You know, imagine being sick for 12 years and then getting healed. That's a big moment anyways. And Jesus couldn't let that go, but he stopped. And he looked her in the eye, and he said, because of your faith, you have been healed. And this is the woman who, because of her sickness, would have been shunned. She would not, people didn't talk to her. People didn't look her in the eye. And Jesus, not only did she get healed, but he looked her in the eye, and he gave her value, and he created a moment that would have eternal consequences in her heart, not just in her healing of her body, but in the eternal 
spectrum of her heart, God, Jesus created that moment. So here's the thing. You have the opportunity to create moments like that. You say, I can't heal somebody. You're right. But you can look them in the eye when they need to be looked in the eye. You can tell somebody that, that, that they worth, that they mean something, that they're worth something. You can tell somebody that, hey, I really like the way you, you know, did that. I really appreciate You can just, you know, you can look at somebody and say, hey, I really like the way you sang that. Or, or it can be something like, hey, I love how you're always on time. And that seems like a little thing. But, you know, some people are always late. Y'all know those people. And, and so, you know, you can look somebody and say something nice about somebody and create a moment in their lives that will, that will resonate in eternity. Now, of all the verbs we talked about, we talked about the seven verbs that God used, right? We talked about created, said, separated, called, made, produced, said, was. Now, the one verb that is used the most is the word said. God said, let there be light. He said, let this happen. He said, let that, let that happen. Now, the fact that that word appears the most tells me one thing. And that tells me that our words are very important. Right? Our words are very important. We have all kinds of power in, in, in what we say. And the Bible echoes this. In Proverbs 18, it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What does the tongue have the power of? Life and death. What does the tongue have the power of? Okay, I need to hear more than just hope. What does the tongue have the power of? Life and death is in your tongue. You have the power to give life or to give death, and not physical life necessarily in death, but emotional, right? We have the opportunity to speak things over people. I want you to begin to think for the next few minutes, okay, because we're going to do an activity at the end that, that you're going to need. And what I need you to do is begin to think of things that you can say to encourage people. Okay, think of things that you could say to encourage people because we're going to put this into practice at the end of the night. Um, and so God created life in us. He has spoken life over us. Okay, Philippians 4.19, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then Romans 8.28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. These are examples of God speaking life over us. I know I went through those really fast, but these are all examples of God speaking life over us. The words that the Holy Spirit inspired in the Bible being used to give us life and to speak life and to encourage us. So then the question becomes, how do you speak? You've got the power of life and death in your tongue. How do you use that power? Do you use it for life or do you use it for death? What about on, on social media? You see people who, who get on social media and they say mean things and they, you know, people are really hateful sometimes on social media. There's all kinds of power in our tongues and in our words. But you have the opportunity through the way you speak and the way you interact with people to speak life or to speak death. I got to thinking about emojis, right? When you text, anybody use emojis when you text? Yeah. I didn't really use them that much until I got a girlfriend, and now I use them a lot. Uh, me and her use them all the time. I'm serious. That's true. It's okay. Huh? What, emojis? What are emojis? Here, I'm about to show you some. So here's the question. Give us the next slide, Wes. Do you use these emojis a lot? I see certain people who I follow, like on Twitter, certain students, and they use this one on the top left all the time. And I'm like, I know you've got a good life. Your life is not that bad. Why are you using the depressed, the depressed emoji all the time, right? But instead, let's use these other ones here. Like, let's use the happy ones. And you know what? You say, that's a little thing. That's a dumb thing. Yeah, it is, but it isn't. 
Because when we use, when we, when we come to things with a positive attitude, when we see the best in things, that encourages other people to do the same thing. Earlier tonight, uh, none of y'all were here yet, I don't think. Abigail, who's eight, I think, right? Abigail's eight, yeah. Abigail came up to me, and her mom had left me in charge for a little bit. Her mom had to take her little brother to the hospital, or to the urgent care, because he, he had a 103 temperature. Um, yeah, it's really high. I know. We've got to pray for Caleb, too. So, uh, but she's like, okay, Pastor Tony's in charge until your dad gets here. Like, Sean was coming. And so they're like, is he allowed to spank us? That's what Abigail asked her mom. Is, 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 is Pastor Tony allowed to spank us? And her mom said, yeah, if he needs to, like, he can spank you. I didn't. I didn't need to. And I, didn't, I, I knew I wasn't going to need to. But here's the point. She was, like, a little worried. But then she kind of thought for a second. It cracked me up because she kind of thought. And she goes, after her mom left, she comes to me. She goes, Pastor Tony, I've never seen you mad. She's like, now that I think about it, I've never seen you mad. Some of y'all are looking at me like, I've seen you mad. But, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, she said that, and I was glad to hear that because I really do try and look on the positive side of things. You know, I try, and keep, I try and keep my mentality cup half full because if we allow ourselves to just get down and get angry all the time, then nobody wants to be around us, and we're not being a very good representation of Jesus. So, so we got to use our words. We have all this power in our words to create life in people and to use the, the tongue and the words that we speak to create moments and to create positive feelings and positive memories in people. Just the way God created us, spoke life over us, we can speak life over other people. Brendan Manning said this, and, and this is pretty much the end. It says, in every encounter, we either give life or we drain it. There is no neutral exchange. So every time you encounter somebody, every time you speak to somebody, every time you have a conversation, you are either giving life or you're draining it. If, if Miss Owen was here, she could tell you certain students that she loves to see every day because they always come in with a good mood, right? And, and her spirits are, are buoyed when that student comes in. Like, you know, she knows that person's going to come in and they're going to smile and they're going to say hi and she's going to feel better. Whereas other students, she knows it's going to be a fight and as soon as they walk in the door, she's going to have to, whoa, that's loud. She's going to have to like, you know, she's going to have to steal herself because she knows she's going to be tired. You ever had a conversation with somebody and ended up tired just from talking to somebody, right? Because it's mentally and emotionally draining sometimes. You know, I always joke when I was dating my college girlfriend, Christina, the only reason I went to the, went to the gym every day was because I knew if I didn't, I was going to have to have a stupid conversation with her later that night about why I didn't go to the gym. Like, it was just a time-saving thing. But it's true, like the days that I didn't go to the gym, when I hung up with her that night, I was like, that exhausted me. When you get in a fight with somebody on the phone or something, and you end up exhausted because they're draining life from you, whereas some people, you have a conversation with them, and you come away with more energy. You're like, yeah, that was awesome. Are you draining energy from people? Are you draining life, or are you giving life in your speech and in your conversations? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have a little closing activity, but let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the Word. I thank you for all the things that we can learn from the Scriptures. God, I pray that we would take the opportunities to give life and to speak life over people and to be the kind of person that others look forward to meeting in the hallways and in the parking lot, God, that they know that when, when they come away from, from a conversation with us, we will have created a moment. We will have created a laugh. We will have created a time of encouragement, Lord. 
God, let us use our words in powerful ways. And God, I pray that you would fill us with your spirit to allow us the power to do that. God, that we know that if it's up to us, yeah, we're going to have cranky days and we're going to have days where people don't want to be around us, God. But if it's up to you, God, you can turn our cranky days into glad days and you can turn our frowns into smiles. And God, not that we'll be fake, not that we'll be ignorant of real life, Lord, but that we'll see the best and we'll see you at work in every situation. God, I pray that you would have control over our tongues, over our lips, over the words we speak. God, that it would be your words that come out of us whenever we have conversations with people, whenever we meet people. Lord, and that we would represent you in a way, God, that brings glory to you and does not make people want to run away from you. God, we pray these things in your name.